Hi, Ryan. How you doing? Welcome to Silly Wales. This is a mental health podcast. My name is Alex Cupid, joined with my longtime friend of well over a decade now, Joe Kimber. This is a mental health podcast, as I said earlier. This is a podcast for everyone, but it might not be for you. We discuss things that are a little bit heavy, things like depression, uh, anxiety, mental health disorders, mental health illnesses, and all that stuff. So, again, as I always like to mention, we're not going to hurt you, we're not going to hunt you down if you feel like this might be not the right space for you. But if you do want to stick around, by all means, pull up a chair, have a seat, or just stand up, I don't know, walk on the treadmill, do whatever it is you're doing. And uh, sit back as we talk about our lives. <laughs> Today we're doing uh, Neurodiversity Part 2, specifically focusing on secondary education. So, without beating around bushes, Joe, can you lead us in? Beating around bushes, okay. That's how it goes. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Um, yeah, th- there was a... Last last time we did this, there was a we sort of went into year seven because we were discussing like before we met each other basically and we thought it would be worth talking about. And I realized that there was a bunch of stuff I kind of missed out of year seven on the on the side of like frustrated uh individual I was at the time <laughs> that I completely forgot about until maybe a day or two after the recording of that. Um I uh I was secluded um during year seven and I bunked off school for a period of time. Those are two separate incidences um that uh, that weren't you know, one didn't cause the other. Um and there was a lot of kind of shit going on at home, basically. <laughs> well, I was causing trouble. Um weirdly enough. Uh I don't know, man. It's 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 weird thinking about it now, but I I kind of understand. It really is like, oh yeah, no, those I can really see where the sort of frustrations of someone who was sort of dealing with autism, with change, with like wanting to feel like they were now older and stuff like that, and everything just went completely off the rails. Um, and yeah, I was a bit, I wasn't a shit so much, but I just got into trouble a few times. It turns out, um, no, nothing too major luckily really, but, um, I did call a teacher a bitch. That was one thing that I did that got me secluded. <laughs> what is um, seclusion by the way, for people who either aren't from this country or English isn't their first language? Uh, seclusion, I mean, I, I don't even know if every school does seclusion, but seclusion is just essentially, of it's, it's it's not as, obviously it's not as bad, but it's kind of within the same form of punishment as like sort of solitary confinement style where you're at the school, but you are kept away. Maybe there are other kids in seclusion as well, but generally speaking, you're kind of on your own and you're meant to go through this. You're basically in school for the school day and it's just meant to feel incredibly boring 
and yeah. is meant yeah. and very isolating, basically. Um, <laughs> I will say, considering that it was meant to be seclusion, uh, it wasn't that bad at our school <laughs> for me, anyway. Uh, when I went there, there were two older kids. I think I can't remember how much older they were, but they were maybe like I, I think they were at least two years older. I can remember two of them. There may have even been three. Depends on what day, because I was secluded for two days. I think it was, um, and uh, I I can remember doing a word search. I honestly don't know the the, the uh, at one point. I the point of the seclusion is is unfathomable to me. I don't really understand the point of it all. Um, but why were you secluded? So I know, I know you calling calling her a bitch, but why did you let up to that though? Um. Oh God. Okay, so I I got into. I got into a couple of fights in uh, year seven. Um, some of them didn't go anywhere, like punishment punishment wise, and some of them did. Um, but I remember that I it, I was getting into like really. I remember that I that someone was getting me really frustrated and pissing me off, and then. A t- a, it, not even a, a, a formal like kind of teaching like a teacher of that kind this was um I, I, you might remember her but she was the woman who worked in the library possibly <laughs> yeah sure um, um yeah and she i i don't even think she necessarily was like i don't think she necessarily did anything bad apart from essentially shout at me and tell me off for, for doing something and i just lashed out at her like i took pain that i was experiencing and just lashed it at this woman for no reason um but now that i think about it i don't even remember if that's what got me in seclusion because I, i'm now remembering this is wild now that i think about it maybe it was even year eight some of this stuff happened but it depends because you'll, you'll remember maybe that there was one time where i went where i got in trouble because i was play fighting with someone and they took it to be like an actual kind of fight, but it really wasn't. Um, and it got weird. I don't know. Maybe that, honestly, trying to remember some of the stuff is actually quite difficult now that I think about it. But I think the first few you, years of you secondary brought up school in it all confident that you were going to, well, that, no, that I, it was going to be easy. No, no. It's more like, the, it's just more like the first few years of secondary school, I think blend so much together for me. Like, like I think year nine does stick out a little bit, but year seven and year eight especially. Like I feel like nothing happened in year eight, but I'm sure some of the things I think happened in year seven happened in year eight and stuff like that. You know, it's, yeah. so it's going to be a bit awkward like that. Um, but I definitely, but I, I think the year that I got secluded was also the same year that I was bunking off school. So I think for that reason, I have to say it was year seven, and I was bunking off school. Uh. And, you know, I was, uh, I had keys and I would like, you know, I would either cut keys or I would, um, or I would have keys already. And then I would just walk around the corner and then, uh, you know, where I live, there's that, like, if you go to the, if you go to the, away from school instead of towards school, there's like a car park yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. I would just go around there and I would hide behind the cars and <laughs> I would just wait until I knew my mom and dad had left because they had to leave 
early enough that they weren't going to stick around at all. And then I would just walk back to the house and go in there. Um, and I think I did that on, I, I there was a, 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 a free day stint of that, that I did, which got me in trouble. Basically. Um, I, I did it too many days in a row and I was, I, you know, I, I was brought in and they had a conversation with my parents and everything. Uh, and it was a whole ordeal. But I just remember I was incredibly frustrated. And I remember I was so, you know, there's an irony to it now because obviously I look back and realize I was obviously quite young and didn't understand certain things and was very frustrated. And there's a lot I needed to learn about the world. But I think there is a, a some truth to the feeling I had at the time, which was I just felt like so, I felt like I was being treated in such a childish way. And I felt like, I, and I was like, I wanted to be an adult. And one of the things that I was very, um, I think one of the real motivators of that was that I was so upset by primary school um, that when I went to secondary school, I wanted the experience to be completely different. Like I wanted to feel like my experience of, of primary school didn't like, tr like come over into secondary school. So anytime I felt like I was treated as a young person again, because you are literally the youngest in the school at that point as well. Yeah, you started just, again. Yeah, and I just I I felt so maybe patronized. I don't know if that's or patronized, not patronized. <laughs> like actually, maybe there's maybe that's just about uh, pronunciation. I don't know if those two words are the same, but patronized um, in a way that was. And again, I don't know if I was being patronized, but it felt that way to me, and I was just like, I can do so much more and when i look back at it now i think honestly a lot of that frustration wasn't even necessarily to do with the actual behavior of teachers or students it might have just been that the system actually doesn't give you very much at secondary school at that period of time or that you know funding doesn't really push like projects or interesting things to do or like you know whatever so actually it was more of a failure of the system i don't know <laughs> to yeah, provide like, something that was honestly like enjoyable or like made you want to or, or like pushed you in any way um but yeah it, it was it, it it felt stifling again it, it felt it felt stifling in a way that was like okay the next however many years are going to feel like this oh god um and i just couldn't bear it and I think that's what made me do it. I then also, again, took a day off school, I think, which I almost got caught with. I've never actually told my mum and dad this. So when they listen to this episode, if they do, they will uh, they will find this out. I did take an extra day off school, which I got away with, um, and they never found out. And I got away with it in the best way possible because it was literally a conversation. You, you, um, you remember that uh, we used to have, like, teacher meetings but like there'll be a hall of all of our teachers and then we would like organize appointments with the teachers yeah, parent teacher right? day. uh our english teacher at the time or my english teacher sorry uh was saying like oh he did really well on this thing it's a shame he wasn't in the the in the lesson before that because it because i would have loved to see him in that and then my mum was like huh and then was was unsure about like why wasn't I there kind of thing. And at the time I'd made the excuse that I'd hurt my leg <laughs> to my English teacher. Um, 
and like and, uh, like I fell down the stairs on like a double decker bus somewhat like and I really hurt my leg and that's why I didn't come in um and then uh my mum didn't write didn't like really ask openly about it in the moment but then when she left she was like why didn't like why weren't you there and then I was like or no even actually no sorry she was almost like huh and looked at me and I went don't worry I'll explain to it afterwards just like casually I just said that yeah. and then when she, when we got up um she was like i didn't want to talk about it in front of her because i'm still quite embarrassed about it but it was that time that i was bunking off school for a while like i used i, I pretended that the <laughs> time i that she knew i was bunking off school was the actual thing that meant i wasn't in school that day so i got away with it but <laughs> but yeah no it was um i really did struggle in year seven and i i, I can't quite explain it I, I think if you looked at my grades and stuff I, it probably wouldn't have shown but like i really did stuff i think was with with pressure that felt like a, a new kind of pressure a new way of doing everything um despite the fact that i was really excited i think it's just that like i was excited but then i think a lot of things in my expectations kind of fell a little bit um or it there was a, a loss in the in what i expected compared to what was real like it wasn't quite as glamorous or as as new an experience and kind of as fresh as an experience as I was hoping in terms of the actual school life experience, you know, um, and it was obviously you know very crowded as well. We had like we didn't even have a fucking playground, like the main playground, the major place where we were meant to be was closed off, and we never got to use that playground because it was. Um, because the school was being developed. This is a whole thing. We, we, our, our year seven was the first year of the school being developed. So, and the whole building being changed. So we literally never got to use that playground. And that was the, the most playground of the school was being done up for a new building and everything. So it was a year where like, I think for the first time it was like incredibly overcrowded compared to previously. Um, so yeah, not a lot of room to breathe and a new <laughs> and a new student and all of this just overwhelming shit while at the same time like not a lot really going on to kind of make up for that. I I I I think I was just I acted out in many on many occasions certainly not with any like intention of acting out it was never like i i don't I, I, I think this is incredibly rare for young people to be to be like oh i'm gonna act out you know just to piss someone off like no i think generally speaking it's like it looks like acting out but really it's just it's doing something just to get away from somewhere or just to like you know fucking take a breath basically and yeah so that was a good start it was a good intro to everything and i think all of that kind of blew over by the time i even met you um to an extent uh, yeah I, I don't know really i can't i can't i can't speak for that I, like i went through a good like i only remember secondary schools of now i didn't remember it like two or three years ago um it's just one of those things where i kind of blocked it out of my mind really so yeah uh last episode i spoke about my year seven being being pretty shit long story short i was at a school Racial abuse happened. 
a lot and it took people a very long time for me to to evacuate me from that school go watch the previous episode i say watch you can watch it on youtube now yay oh yeah um, yeah that's real yeah it's not a video podcast but hey it's just a picture with a waveform that's good enough i love um, sexy waveforms sexy waveforms man great yeah i i hopped in around year eight to sit ask the same school and um it was the same thing really like I, I didn't really particularly want to be in school anyway. Like school is not and never will be considered a fun space for me. It, it sucks for learning. It sucks the fun out of learning. Um, especially that school. They, they did a really good job of making interesting topics fairly mundane and boring. Um, like no other as well. Like, uh, it just kind of shows the advances we've made though as a society because I look at how we were in that, in that school and I'm pretty sure that if I would like to hope that if we were in those schools now as year 7 year 8 students we probably would have been earmarked as having some sort of a neurodiversity thing a neurological difference maybe and maybe maybe it's hard just to given say. the rates just given the rates of diagnosis now mm. and how it's it's risen exponentially um the first thing that people point to as a reason, though, is a conspiracy theorist reason of they put oh, in water in, in the, they put in like autism in the water and all that stuff. Like, no, it's because technology has improved and um, scanning and awareness to these problems have has well to these issues have improved to the point in which people are now getting diagnosed better with better quality with better speed because it's like more obvious to people because they know of the signs. I didn't want to be told I had a problem. And the reason why I didn't want to be told I had a problem is because my family didn't want to be told that I had a problem. Like it comes from the stigma of it all being, you know, you know, a black background. So then there's the idea that men are honest, doesn't exist. That's not quite the case, but it's a similar thing. But also like the GP, our GP at the time was saying, oh, if he gets diagnosed with anything, he's going to be put on a list. And like this list doesn't exist. <laughs> like, you're going to be put on a list. That was it. Mm. There, there was no, like, what this list is. And it scared the shit out of my mom. And she was like, oh, I don't want him to be, be put on a list. And I guess this idea of this list, this is by the head of the GP um, practice at the time. It's like, it's a list of people who are quote unquote crazy or whatever, like a psychiatric list. No idea what that even means. It's never been explained to me properly. And, um, but that is the dumb, the dumb shit that, 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 that you would hear quite a lot of. Um, and there's no, there's no strong discourse at the time. So we're talking not even 10 years ago. We're talking more like 12, 15 years ago now when these discussions were happening. And it's like, people were actively working against me <laughs> in that mm -hmm. respect. And I still hold this grudge to this very, to this very day against multiple people for it. Because it's like, in my class, I saw like people getting diagnosed left, right and center and receiving specialist support. And I wasn't, and I felt I took that as a, as an issue. Um, I was smart enough to understand that there was an issue. I wasn't smart enough to figure out how to fix the issue because no one around me was smart enough to fix the issue. So why is it coming down to 12 year old me to fix it? Um, yeah. You go through these patterns a lot though. You go through these patterns a lot and I wasn't aware I had a neurological problem, which now I don't view as a problem. I view it as a condition and it is what it is. 
at the time, people actively worked to avoid the subject. Um, year eight is when me and you probably started speaking a lot more as friends. And I think it grew from there because we had like, uh, I was lucky. I, I was lucky. I had like a close-ish sort of friendship group um, that varied between various characters <laughs> who are still in my life today. <laughs> Joe being one of them. Like Joe, um, you know, Toga, Marlando. I had a group of people. And I know that to people who are listening to this, if you don't know me personally, this means nothing to you. I had a group of people who I can consider close friends in that time. I still felt fairly isolated though. And that isn't an uncommon feeling with someone with like any sort of neurological issues. If you if you're someone with ADHD or someone with like, I guess, chronic depression, isolation is a very normal feeling. It's so normal that you feel comfortable in that feeling. So as a as a teenager, I felt comfortable in the idea of being lonely and being upset about being lonely. And this with neurological conditions, vicious cycles can occur really quickly. Yeah. In which you have a feeling, but you're comfortable in that feeling, regardless of whether it's positive or negative. So you stick to the same behaviors to maintain that feeling. And then you complain about having that feeling. And it kind of goes around in a circle. So I grew anxious of classrooms due to that fear of failure that was put upon me by like family, by other teachers and things like that. And I didn't want to be in a classroom. So I'll do everything to not be in a classroom. I was never like a bad kid, but I was never at school. I was a fucking ghost, you know? Yeah, I, I, I can remember you having an average of four days a week or something like that out of five. Yeah. Was like your average was considered good. attendance. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. Um, my attendance at Hackney Free was pretty good. It was like 69%. <laughs> Um, oh, that's even worse then. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yeah, 69%. I like, uh, nice. Because nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was shown to me. I was like, see, this is bad. It, 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 it wasn't going to work, you know? Oh, we're going to send your mom to prison. Okay. It's not that I didn't care. It's, it's like, wh- like what, what can I do? There's something wrong here and no one's figuring it out. And um, looking back, it was so obvious there's something wrong, but they were focusing on like other students more so than me. Oh, this student here needs more support. And they would say it, like their percentage-based school, like Hackney Free, they're very percentage-based. So they would play to margins, right? So they'll go, this student here can probably achieve five A-star to C GCSEs. This student can't. So we're going to prioritize this student and not prioritize this student. And that existed so much in that school. And you could see it, it was plain to see. Because really smart people like Toga weren't getting like the actual like support they needed, but like other smart people who were of a different, you know, ethnic background were getting everything. Like everything. Like, oh, mm-hmm. but here's a trip. You can have that trip subsidized. And like, these are things that are so common <laughs> in, in education now. Um, maybe not as common now in like 2024 but it was so common back then like we would give they would give everything to a white student like from a certain background if they fit the bill they would get 
whatever they needed. Like, hey, lesser punishment, that's all good. And if you're going, hey, you're just saying that, that's racist. Look at the expulsion rates of people of color in any like city in the UK. It's absurd how high it is and the reasons behind expulsions as well. Like we're seeing kids expelled from school for little things like having their first fight, instant expulsion, in comparison to a white student in which they're given a detention. These figures exist. They exist for a reason. Um, to go back to the point of why I'm saying all this, it's because in those kids who are being expelled, there's probably a neurodivergent issue there. Like, needed to be because of laziness and incompetence and also the unwillingness to help somebody um and it is incredibly frustrating because i was a part of that whole system where constantly ignored or constantly like punished for being structurally in my brain different <laughs> which mm-hmm. is so frustrating now to look back on because the help was right there and notice i say this while also pointing out that you are a white man and you also got ignored. <laughs> yes. I it's 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 um I mean it's it's weird. Like I again I wasn't floundering academically, right? So I think it's just from any person's point of view, I couldn't really be reviewed that poorly. And at the end of the day, like my mum now had a job where she was earning quite a decent amount of money. Suddenly, not necessarily like right at that moment, but like for a few years she had been, and now she was even had been in that career for a while. So, you know, and if you're in a career in the NHS, then you do get a bit more money every year and so on. So we were starting to actually like, you know, not do too badly at home, for example, whereas like when I was quite a bit younger, I was a bit poorer, I suppose. Um, then you have like the fact that ultimately I probably wasn't, you know, most of the kind of discussion I think pointed towards me was quite constructive. I would say on average, like, you know, if I heard some, you know, if I was in trouble, it was very like, you know, it, like I would get in trouble for for odd for odd things, but it was always in this in the in the in the way of saying like, you're doing really well, and I don't want you, and 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 I really want to keep supporting you, and I don't want you to fail, kind of thing, you know, and it was like it was always mixed it mixed in with some level of like praise basically which you know whether whether you are someone like me who was you know already not wanting to fail in front of people that probably didn't you know help uh to have that but at the same time in the moment it probably had like elements of motivation i also just met a bunch of people which helped kind of keep me a bit in you know over the course of the few years you and others like like Marlando, like Tolga, like Kessis in the group really did help keep me to a certain extent like what's the word for it? Like stable, you know? Um it just 
it sort of just changed how I. Uh, it, it did. It, there was a difference in the way that school felt at that point, and that was a huge deal for me. And of course, I, you know, me and my family weren't weren't looking for uh, stuff around. I mean, neurodivergent as a term, I can't even remember if it was a thing at the time. Maybe it was, but like, certainly wasn't even a word I'd ever heard of. Um, and I wasn't like ex- looking for anything like that. I wasn't even, I, I didn't even think I had depression, even though like I clearly did for years. Like, you know, that was, even that whole thing was like a, was like a, a jump scare later on. So it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, I, I don't know how to just talk about it, but it's because also uh, people are so different and will behave differently in certain scenarios. So it's really, you know, regardless of, 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 of what you're going through or what's happening to you, there are ways in which it can kind of come out differently. But I was, you know, I, I think overall school wasn't secondary school was to me better than primary school. And I think that alone really helps overall keep me kind of okay <laughs> at secondary school, which is not saying a lot, you know, but I, I, I think it did just about prevent me from, you know, after year sevens, like calamity kind of from going too far off the rails. And honestly, I was too, I mean, this is a very interesting time period for anyone, man or woman or non-binary. Like that whole <laughs> that whole era of your life, pubescence is mad, <laughs> and you are distracted by everything and not anything all at once. Um, it's hard to like to even get your mind straight at any point. So I don't think I ever like found. Uh, I think I honestly just what I ended up doing was I just retreated more into my kind of addictions with uh, this is the first time properly talking about it, but with YouTube and stuff. It actually started in year seven. I don't know if you know this because YouTube wasn't really a thing for for a long time or wasn't a huge thing. Um, and I think that's around that time in year seven when I when it started becoming a thing that I would actively do all the time at home. I just went on it, watched it every single day. For hours and hours and hours um you know as mostly when other people weren't around i didn't do homework that was one thing that did get me in trouble a few times but in 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 the whole of secondary school but i don't know did you ever do homework by the way um every now and then like i am yeah. as proven now very much a streak type of person so like mm. even in football, I play four really good games. I like the fifth one be absolute terrible game game for me. Same with homework, I'll do like you know maybe two or three weeks of homework, and then I wouldn't be in school, so I wouldn't get the homework. And the strategy to deal with me not wanting to be in school was to punish me for not being in school. Sounds like it makes sense, right? No. Mm-hmm. So I would come in, not be there for homework, and I'll get punished for not doing my homework. So they'll give me a detention for not being in to receive homework, which means that I'm in school an hour longer than I actually need to be. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. I wasn't there to receive the homework. So I could not not do the homework. So I, this actually is unlocking a memory in the back of my head where I remember, I remember you being in detention 
like to do the homework that you couldn't have picked up. <laughs> it's like so stupid, such a stupid idea. Like their methods of dealing with someone who doesn't want to be in school but has no history of doing anything like bad. Mm. Like this is literally if we were to I might have to edit quite a lot of this podcast. I realize we've been talking in circles a little bit. Um, let me make a note of that. <laughs> uh, and circles. Spelled circles wrong. And we're back to reality. Boom. Yeah. Like a case study of like me is literally just doesn't misbehave. Um, when he's in school and he's something, the odd times he's in school and in lesson, he's fairly focused, produces good work every now and then when he's in school and is respectable. I mean, it's respectful to most like members of staff and adults. Very rarely am I arguing back to people. I'm never really rude. I'm not instigating fights. I'm not misbehaving. I'm just not in school. That just screams that something is wrong. Like somewhere else. So mm-hmm. they they tried to check if I was being abused at home. No. Okay. Then the obvious answer is right in front of you. Now we're just going to keep punishing you and hopefully you, you learn your lesson. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Like, you know, surely at that point you go, why is he not in school? How do we like fix this issue? Now, I remember I walked into school on time, 8.30, boom, sat down and Mr. Bennett, our <laughs> uh, eight BNS days, um, which is the name of a whole form class. It was like, oh, okay, well, you're here early, so then you can do it every time, but you have a detention because you weren't in yesterday. What the? <laughs> so then why would I come to school if I'm going to be punished for coming to school? What's the point? Like, this whole exchange means nothing. Like this whole me coming, me making the hard effort of waking up on time to walk to school. Come on, like I'm not saying to give me a medal, but don't punish it. Why would you punish it? So yeah, it's, my it's, learned. It's, <laughs> I don't know why it's, it's just making me think of like social media not giving people after at a certain level. There, there's that yeah. which which it also I guess just shows that it's nothing to do with social media really that this kind of thing exists. But it is kind of like, yeah, like we're we're not really doing that much to help you, but we just expect change, and we expect this change while also making sure you feel, you know, the 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 vindication of punishment that you should have been given, <laughs> you know, like, and and just make and and you should you should feel like it's justified and it's okay, yeah, and it's not. Like a lot of it was just down to we don't know what we're doing, so fuck you. And it's like when I left uh, after like year eight, year nine, year ten of me like again struggling to really engage properly. Um, I I struggled to like integrate myself into the class. You could probably speak about this because you were outside looking in, and like I would see it was very difficult for me to be a part of things because I wasn't there enough. But also I didn't want to be a part of things because I wasn't there enough. So I, I just really couldn't be, it was like, I was, I couldn't win. 
I'm at school, mm-hmm. people will like make jokes that I'm at school. I'm not in school. I'm not in school. Like, there's no winning here. So, uh, I think year nine is is, is a write off in in terms of like eventful things. It's just the same as year eight, really. And then year ten is kind of where like I had to take a a, a split. But it's where we had a, I guess, what would you call it? We were at a crossroads technically, and I went to a different school after that. And then yourself and um, well, everyone else really kept on uh, Hackney Free. Yeah, so I just want to point out, the, the reason I mentioned YouTube earlier was because cause I realised that this is part of the reason why I think so much blurs together for me. Um, is, and also why I think I was able to deal with things sometimes was, I realised that, and this is, this is similar to that um, song we both listened to, I will shout out later since I find it in a moment. Um, oh, it's like a, a talk about the fuck i'll I'll find it um it's 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 just the idea of like i i I found like a defense mechanism to keep me for troubled boys coat of the friend that's what i mean um for troubled boys by coat of the friend it's uh, he mentions the idea of like a defense mechanism you know being able to help you to a certain extent but not but then it becoming the problem right like it's enough to keep you in the short term going, but it, it ultimately is just not doing anything. And it is ultimately like pushing the problem forward. And in my case, it just meant that I was losing out on time and, and, and things I could have been doing in life and really just kind of diluting my, the, my life experience down quite significantly and the fact that I'm still dealing with the issues of that now, that it's still a problem I do with day to day where I will just have days gone to waste as a result. Um, which I think is something that people are starting to recognize as more of a thing of social media in general. This is actually now being recognized. And I think it's something that even older people are beginning to experience because obviously there some even adults are like, you know, older adults, I should say are like, you know, getting fucking stupidly addicted to social media and stuff or seeing like, Oh God, like the effect, you know, even having lived a life where that wasn't a thing. And then they're like, Oh shit, I just spent like an hour or two unnecessarily going through this. What the fuck am I doing? Kind of thing. But they've had enough experience to get out of it. And I realized like, if, if I've been doing that from when I was 11 and I'm now 27 and while I've been trying to deal with it, it's, I find it so difficult. It's, it helped keep me going and I think it's helped keep a lot. It's helped keep me going for a long time in a way. Um, but it's caused me to essentially become a husk of myself. And I feel like secondary school was as much that experience was kind of being a husk of myself for quite a few years. Um, I, I, I can remember elements of, of, of secondary school in with highs and stuff like that, but there very much is this feeling of low and it's, it's, not ju- and depression obviously is a is a is a pointer, but depression doesn't exist, you know, for no reason. And I and I don't and I don't have any belie- reason to believe or ex- experience necessarily to believe that it was that that was something purely caused by you know just like huge hormonal imbalance, like from you know like I, I was is it called chronic depression or something like that when it's it's not necessarily from kind of an external source; it's more internal. I can't remember. Super I also well. can't remember. 
but the the idea essentially of like of where that's kind of a lot more outside of con- of your control in terms of like that feeling you know there isn't like necessarily something that's being coming from outside of the uh a kind of essentially a requirement of medication to try and deal with which again i don't know enough about this to be able to like speak on it properly but just thought i would make that comparison at least to say that like definitely it wasn't it, it wasn't coming from nowhere this is you know obviously i had been experiencing it prior and i'd been you know using the internet for very much the same thing prior i was just like changing the format in fact before the internet it was tv uh for me um and by the way for people who use the internet and it's good for them don't worry about it i'm not i'm not coming at you for using the internet I, I i don't care for certain people it's fine for me i realize it's not and it has not been the case for a long time and i've suffered with other addictions in uh, later life as an adult uh, so this is clearly a, a problem i have especially but i also think many other people will share this experience so i just want to point that out um regardless like yeah it wasn't until year 10 you didn't go to our school anymore and gcse's were just starting up which is the main thing of going to secondary school basically you know it sets you up for jobs it sets you up for college if you go to college and sixth form and all that stuff so it would so again again uh, not just a crossroads for us like you know personally but also like a big crossroads of like education as well which is a great time to for you to be <laughs> fucking moving schools and stuff but yeah it wasn't great <laughs> but maybe it was good for you like i i I do remember like you know hearing i remember that you were much less interested in in trying to kind of interact with everyone else and it totally makes sense i get it like i'm not like that's not a uh a a bad on you because you weren't treated very well and i I remember you know comments made about your stuff when you weren't there and things like that not nothing i was like so i don't know nothing so like pointed that i that it would stick out to me but like you know there's just the but like you know i was also in a state where i was just trying to like find people to to interact with you know i was trying to interact with everyone i kind of wanted to interact with everyone yeah i remember like you took that turn like where you were trying to be more like social and you like making an active effort. So you were very much like trying to be with the popular people. I don't know whether it worked out for you because I didn't see that till the end, <laughs> but like, it was definitely a thing where I was like, Oh, Joe's making a really, like a really big effort to try and be part of different social circles. I, like, it, <laughs> it's weird because I, I don't actually know if it was an effort. Like, again, this is, this is one of those things where like this, I think there's something internally that makes me want to interact with people socially a lot um, when I'm amongst like groups of people like that. But the thing that kind of stuck out to me at the time was that I was going through a much, a, a really rough time at school. And then around year 10 was uh, kind of a moment where, or even like when I, you know, I, I was, I, I almost went through, the, the my version of an emo phase which wasn't really an emo phase but i was very very like very internal i would i would you know there was definitely like 
I don't know how how nice this joke is, but you know there was a, a there was a bit of school shooter vibes coming from me on occasion, <laughs> you know, like around oh, yeah, yeah. Time. that was a common joke, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. With me, like I was the quiet kid, and like I was this, you know, I was the smart kid and the quiet kid, which was like which gave me fucking two different statuses at the school, um, and you know, which 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 was a mixture of like oh like you know which was a, a weird thing of, oh, that's a smart kid. Don't fuck with that kid. You know, <laughs> it's like a, like a weird example. And also because like people did remember that, like I had gotten into fights or something at a certain point in, in the years yeah. or whatever, like, you know, um, and you, you know, weird stuff like this, like that meant I kind of, it, again, everyone fucking knew who I was. And, uh, but I didn't hang out with these people after school like you you were the people i hung out with i didn't hang out with lots of these people um and even when you left after school i wasn't doing that but by that point i'd already cemented my my after school behaviors like completely you know that was never changing at that point and i'd actually by year 10 i'd also i think stopped i think i would mostly stopped hanging out with kestis at that point i think kestis might remember us hanging out in year 10 a little bit but i'd roughly stopped around that point and I was, you know, in such a, but I was in such a weird place, but like I had started to feel better at school. Um, and I started essentially coming more into my own, which then meant that I started socializing more properly. And I was actually like, you know, not saying very much, but hanging out near everyone else and going around to groups and stuff. And I found people yeah. fascinating. And it was also at the time in the school, you know, we, we had uh, our, our years separated in two and they merged them together fine for the first time, like properly in that year where we started like seeing like other halves of the year in classes and things like that a lot more and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, because then like they did the whole like reshuffle of sets. Uh, I don't know if you're, if you're not in the UK, mm-hmm. most class of sets and they're done by ability. So a lot of the time, like prior to, that being introduced more strictly, classes were kind of split very loosely. So there was like one half of our class, Joe was on the other half, Togo was on the other half, and I was on my own half for most of that. So I never really saw Togo and Joe in classes unless it was a like a geography, I think. We were all as a class. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe music, we were all as a class. Yes. Uh, and until- history, I think, as well. Yeah, in history, pretty much the humanities and things like um, it was PE was set was separate as well. So I was then come year ten as we reached like the conclusion, not of the show but of our school time really. Um, I was in like different sets for different lessons, and I was in like I think there were four sets. How many sets were there? Do you remember? I, actually, I don't actually remember. I I, I, I I only was ever in first fam. I don't know what the other numbers were. <laughs> yeah, I think there was four or five sets. For maths, I was in the oh bottom set. For so maths, bad. I was so like <laughs> in the bottom set, chilling, enjoying life. Again, wasn't in school anyway. For English, I was in set one with Joe and everyone went, this makes no sense. Why is he in here? And it became very apparent why I was in there. It's the only thing I'm good at. Um, and for science, I was in like a B tech class with no hope. <laughs> mm. Like th- th- there was, 
consistency isn't my strength, you know? Um, but <laughs> one of the things I remember is like, I was just basic in English for the two hours I was there per week. Um, and basing it in PE for the 55 minutes I was there per week. Like, it, it became a thing where I could show up, completely, like, destroy something in a really positive way. Everyone's like, why can't you do this all the time? And I'll go, I don't know, and you never see me again. <laughs> like, it, it, it kept on that, that cycle was very, like, apparent in year 10. But then I also got worse mentally in that time as well, because... I, this is where I blame Elliot Hulse for everything. I do. Okay. okay. So, um, Elliot Hulse, I discovered Elliot Hulse in that time and he released a video and this is before he went, well, before I could see it, maybe this is before he went full women are property and they need to be obedient. So he was very much a strength coach who spoke about things like bioenergetics and how we can control our breathing and breathe into our balls and all that stuff. And um, okay. <laughs> I, I bought hook, line and sinker into it. And he made a video about how like the school system is like antiquated and how it doesn't teach creativity, doesn't build passion and how um, it's not built for people with certain brains with things like ADHD, which is something that he has. Well, he said he has. I don't know whether he, he still believes it or not. And I was like, oh, look, there's this guy who, like, literally goes crazy on a YouTube video. He, like, does all these breathing exercises. He When he's talking, he can't stand He can't stand still. Um, he, he likes to lift things that are heavy. He he yells a lot. He screams a lot. And, like, he has, like, a, a well, at the time, a, a loving family. And, hey, it's me. <laughs> like... <laughs> You know, that's what I want to be. I want to be Elliot Hulse, you know? Mm -hmm. Him pointing out the flaws of the educational system made me want to be even further away from school. And I had this idea in my head, this like inner arrogance of, I don't need to be here because I know it's bullshit. <laughs> so my fears became, um, what's the term? Uh, realized if there's a better word for it um, where, like, if, 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 if a rational fear rational fears and they become like whatever. rationalized there we go <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to edit the shit out of that bit where's the notes note um complete Alzheimer's the king of making men strong yeah moment mind right. muscle mastery edit and we're back yeah so my fears became rationalized because like hey look there's this guy called Elliot Hulse and he's flipping tires and shit that's what I need to be doing and um and I actually carried that till I was legitimately 20 years old because I was like, yeah, yeah, for, sh for sure, man, for sure. Like, you know, this is what, this is what I need to be doing. And, and I could, you, and because there was nobody to counter that, then oh, I had boy, to, yeah. yeah, then like, because nobody knew to counter it because nobody knew to investigate anything because in, in, in the school's eyes, in Hackney Free's eyes, I was a truanting black kid. When I left that school, I went to another school called Petrie Academy, 
oh my goodness, the treatment was slightly better, but it still like it still wasn't quite good. Um, I had a weird social circle with people who I'm still connected to this very day, and I had like you know uh, my attendance was fifty one point eight percent. Yo, that's so, so much time. I was in school just over half the time. And whenever people say, like, when I meet people who I, like, never speak to from secondary school, I see them go, hey, how you doing? What are you doing? Oh, I'm, like, I've been a TA, I've been a teacher, I've been, what? You were never in school. I was like, yeah. (laughs) But how did you, your GCSEs, like, I got, I got him. <laughs> like it took an extra bit of effort, but I got him. And it's like people are shocked by it. Like they are absolutely like flattened by the fact that I am like who I am doing what I'm doing because of that. Fifty one point eight percent, Joe. Like the the anxiety of me being in a classroom was so bad that I broke down during my GCC maths exam. And like I remember snapping a pencil in half and just like and needing to be put in a separate room by myself, but still with the test. I didn't want to do the test. I didn't want to do any exams. I was so scared and anxious that I was like, I was remember just like rocking back and forth in my room and the school sent us the school bus to come and get me. Like they did that. They sent the school bus to come and make me do my GCSE um, maths exam. And I had everything. I I tried everything. I did not want to be there because, and the idea was he's lazy. He just doesn't want to do it. No, no, no. There's a clear fundamental reason why I don't, like no kid will be rocking back and forth crying because they don't want to go to school just because they don't want to go to school. There's something wrong. But no, yeah. he's lazy. He's lazy. So it, these are the frustrations because like if every everybody called me lazy, family called me lazy, Teachers called me lazy. Friends called me. Every everyone called me lazy, which is why like one of the very few like pressure points that I have now is when I'm being called lazy. I'm like, I'm never lazy. <laughs> like, like if there's one thing I'm not. It's lazy. I might be misguided. I might be like you know um, a bit erratic, or I might be far too calm for your liking. Not lazy. Mm-hmm. Not lazy. Like yeah, the last thing I am is lazy. Like the the only time I've ever gotten into any sort of like proper altercation, like that with a like with a member of staff at a school, is when I can't remember whether they were a TA or like a supply teacher, but he kept saying that I was lazy because I was like never in the, I was at school that day, but I couldn't be in class, so I kept on walking around, and he followed me around calling me lazy, calling me lazy, calling me lazy. And at Petchy, at the time, I had a reputation of being really strong because I mentioned to people that like I was training in wrestling and all that stuff. And boom, all of a sudden, I became the strong wrestler. Um, right. And he was then kept on following me around going, what are you going to do? And he pushed me on my shoulder. And I went for the, the wildest swing of my life. <laughs> like the most, like, I must have wound my right hand to the back to the point in which I could touch my left hand <laughs> like, the biggest <laughs> swing ever and completely missed 
completely missed this guy. He didn't even move. I just missed. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, I want like, to see that. I really like, want to see it. I look like a fucking Beyblade, okay? <laughs> like, and then he tries to he's grappling, he's grappling, he's trying to grapple with me to try and calm me down. I'm like, but his like, I remember him grappling because it was so his grappling was so erratic because he had no idea what he was doing. Like he literally bit off more than he can chew. He didn't expect the kid with glasses to swing. Like, especially like that. The swing was so wild that you can't even defend against it. If it was if his if, if it was accurate. Like, if it was accurate. If it was accurate to any degree. In all honesty, I probably would have hit the floor still anyway. <laughs> like, like, you know. And then like um, I remember he like bundled me into a classroom and then he got the head teacher in. The head teacher was like, You can't be attacking. Blah, blah, blah. And then I got like um a, an exclusion for like three or four days and everyone was saying that I should have been expelled. But then my mom came into the school and she was like, No, 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 And then long story short, I got lucky. Mm. But from there, surely someone should have went, he's never tried to attack a member of staff before. Wonder what happened. Nope. Just called me lazy still. Um It is it is incredible how much adults how often adults fail young people. Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> like and I, I, I think it. that's and I think that that's also something that as a young person or as a child you can't know that. Like and yeah. I, 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 it's such a sad reality because obviously you you just think that adults understand what the world how the world works for a long time, and then you think, well, if something's going wrong, they would tell me if something was wrong because you don't know what's wrong, and then yeah. we don't have and, the agency. Yeah, you you just don't. I think I think it's one of the huge elements of like it's not even a developmental thing. I think it's literally just a the world is so big and we don't know. What it is, what the world is like when we are born in the world and are growing up in it. Like you have to be there for a long time, and then when you finally reach the age at which you are suddenly, like, you know, considered as responsible as any other adult is, you realize how fucked the world is because you're then like, wait, hold on, this is what we're given before we're let off into the world. What are you doing? Like this yeah, is terrible. There's no agency in what was happening, so you're not really taught to independently think until you have to independently think. And which, yeah. by that time, you're so susceptible to anything. It's why, like I say, like right now, being a child is probably not the best thing to be, if anything, because you're if you're age fourteen and now you're starting to develop opinions and the idea of opinions and what your opinion is in contrast to somebody else's. So your mind is also wide open to other people's viewpoints. So if you're raised in a racist family, you're probably going to hear racist things and you're probably going to mm-hmm. grow up to be pretty, pretty racist. But also you have a computer in front of you. And for example, as I mentioned before, I search up heavyweight Muay Thai, I get Andrew Tate. The same thing's going to happen to, to, other, to other people. And they go, oh, this guy kind of makes sense. And boom, you have you have, you have yourself an incel. You have yourself, uh, you know, a future guy who doesn't like women for whatever reason. Like, you're not really given the blueprint on how to critically think for yourself. Yeah. So, and I don't know how to teach that, but as someone who has, you know, been failed by adults after being told to only trust adults to them being someone who has failed children, because I now understand like there's certain things I wish I could do as a TA 
Well, my role isn't as a TA. As a TA at the time, but I wish I could do to help students and I realised I actually can't. Like, I saw when I was a lot younger, it's when I was 20 and I was volunteering at a school, um, a kid that was just like me. Like, everyone said how intelligent he was, but he's never in school. Yeah. And after a while, the kid came to school five days in a row and I was like, oh, you've been here every... And you've been in every single class and oblivious to me, the common denominator was I was there. And if I was there, he's in school. So I'm thinking this school's going to just pull out, pull out the paper and be like, sign right here. No, the school chose to move me to a different class. Um, Solely because he was in school because I was there oh, he has to learn to come to school if you're not there. So we're going to move you to this class. He he, he went back to his old previous behavior. So the same thing applies where we punish happiness. We punish moments of joy. We punish this idea of like progress because it's not the progress that they want you to make. Mm-hmm. So what's the point? He comes to school and he's doing well. Keep me in the class. And eventually, if you want to build independence from me, because if you feel like he's becoming dependent on me, then you slowly, with my knowledge, back me away, back me away, back me away, back me away. And then eventually he goes, oh, Alex isn't here anymore. Fuck him. <laughs> I don't care. But no, you got to pull the cord out straight away and tell him to live his life. And then now he's now he's going to struggle again. Yeah, you've got to build up confidence so that, you know, they feel normalized or that, you know, the classroom now feels more normalized and so on, you know, it's just rip cording. It doesn't make any sense at all. If, if positivity is what you're currently in right now, cold turkeying that experience is going to put you towards negative. That doesn't make any sense. You know, like, yeah, it's like, it's so stupid. And, and those things happen, happen that way in, in, in schools as well. And a lot of it comes down to teacher interaction between TAs and them, and other teachers. Like the dynamics between members of staff is so important for kids' well-being. It's ridiculous. Like I've never, I'm so lucky. I've never had a, like as a TA, I've never had a teacher be hostile towards me in a way I couldn't like swerve. And as a teacher, I've never had a TA be hostile towards me in a way I couldn't swerve. I've seen it though. And I've been a fly on the wall for when teachers and TAs don't really like each other. So it impacts the kids. Mm-hmm. Or when the school doesn't like a TA because that TA is popular. For example, if you're in like an inner city school, there was always a TA who was black, male, somewhat tall, had a deep voice, and all the kids loved them. <laughs> like, tell me I'm wrong. I think there was like two in our school, right? Um, I know one in primary school. I'm trying to think yep. who in secondary school. Um, I don't really remember TAs from secondary school that much. What, what was the, I'm trying to remember? We had, like we had the patrol guys. We had patrol, like security people. Who would oh yeah, I, yeah. Sorry, Mr. Nelson specifically TAs. No, I remember Mr. Nelson. Yeah, like Mr. Nelson was that for me. Like to the point where I see, like used to see Mr. Nelson outside of school. He had an antique shop in the, um, in a place called Chatsworth Road in Hackney, and now he's back in Jamaica living his best life. Did like, he really? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Chatsworth Road. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm literally looking at a rotary phone that my mum bought from him. Um, the they always had that personality about them. Like someone you want to, even they were like really good at football or they were like relatable. And you just want to be like them, right? Because as a kid, you're five foot nothing and you look up, you go, that's someone who I'm probably going to end up looking like. I'm going to do what they do. They would always get moved from the classes in which they were helping the most because they probably didn't get along with the members of staff in that classroom. Maybe because their attitude towards learning was more relaxed and the teacher was more strict, or it could be the complete opposite way around, or which happened because I became that tall black guy in the schools. Mm -hmm. Your relationship with the children was so good that it undermined the teacher's relationship with them as well. So then that, that can't run because the teacher has to run the roost. You know, there's a, this does actually just before you go on the, another possibility is that uh the way that these things are assessed is oh we see that we see that something is there is a problem here okay there's someone who could be helping who might be able to help let's send them in ah things seem to be looking better now cool we don't need them anymore and this happens a lot and i'm not saying yeah, that yeah. that's like the I'm not saying that that's like uh, just someone being stupid or being malicious. It's more a case of like system, like resource management and stuff like like preventing people from being acting uh, properly. But like I have been at or have or are currently at a shop that I'm working at where we have like had a security guard because we really needed it at certain times for certain periods of the week. And then things are much better suddenly when that security guard is around and then they're gone yeah. and they're gone for weeks and suddenly things start falling to shit again after within a week. And we consistently like see that and then they'll come back for like a week and then things suddenly feel like they're a lot better and then they're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> and it just feels so ridiculous. Like, like clearly these- you can see what's happening here these scenarios I bring up, they're not like the definitive answer, but these are mm-hmm. things that like we've both seen in school. And I'm sure that if you were like in a school in London at the time, you probably noticed this, but also if you're around the world and you have teachers, teaching assistants, you, you, you know how cool they can be. So the idea and then they're snatched away from you is, is wild. Um, mm-hmm. Right now we're in a position where, kids need strong positive mentors more than ever yeah like more than ever because they have to we have to combat so many different battles be it social media be it abusive parents be it abusive individuals in their lives like we're combating a lot we have to build a safe space for, for, for the youth of tomorrow also looking back on our time in secondary school we didn't have a lot of that and we kind no. of grew ourselves up <laughs> Yeah, so, I, I think I think if anything, we're also just recognizing that we need these things more than ever. Like, yeah. it's not just that maybe the environment has changed to be even worse. Because, I mean, depending on how you look at things, for certain kids that might not even be true. But like for the, it just strictly like you know, kind of what you were talking about with like, oh, we're we're developing things, so we're we're now understanding autism better, for example, or ADHD better. We're understanding how much this these things matter. 
it matters to have more adults in a class, you know, to, to help yeah, yeah, the yeah. students. It, it helps tremendously to it have does. that. It does. Right. It does. Don't give, don't give one teacher the job to, to have to do fucking everything because that clearly makes it impossible for that teacher to teach very well. You know, like, oh yeah. <laughs> a one class, like, so like one class will have 30 kids and you're lucky if you have ATA, let alone two. Like, Mr. Bennett didn't have a single TA, if you notice. Yeah, no, I, I, I've I, never been in a class with two TAs, by the way. That that yeah. astonishes me that there would ever be a class with two TAs. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, been, I've been living it up. I, I love having, I love being the second TA because I don't do uh-huh. much. Um, <laughs> I also love being the first TA because I have to do everything. If you're the third, if like I've been in class where there's been three TAs, oh my goodness, it's, it's the most boring job ever. But yeah, um, yeah, I, like I'm gonna point this out now because I like to. This episode's gonna have a lot of weird cuts in it because I'm gonna cut a lot of the fat of our conversation. Um, but in like slight closing, we both left school in weird shapes i don't know if it was a negative shape or negative ways i guess um but for me it was a a, a huge 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 negative like i i hated the idea of hated everybody i didn't want to do anything i was severely depressed i was suicidal it was like arguably it led into like one of the more darker times of my life i guess i don't know how it impacted you i'm interested to hear because this is the part where I, I didn't see properly either. Um. Well, n- no, because um, I think I think that happened around uni, but there was still like college that we that I went to the sixth form that I went to. Yeah. And you didn't you didn't go to sixth form, right? No, I I, di- I went I I didn't go to sixth form until I literally <laughs> so. GCSEs, I did miserably, so then I redid them, like months, like well, six, seven months later, and then that's where we have the whole debacle with me and maths. So I got, you know, got my good grades in English, easy. Got decent grades in, in a, um, I got my BTech science, that was easy. I got had that one already. It was maths. I had to redo my maths GCSE like three or four times. Um. Yeah, and then with A levels, I I did do A levels in the end. I got there in the end. It took me ages to do A levels. I had to go to like a different college and do them like effectively privately. Sounds like I have money. No, I don't. Um, but yeah, found loopholes through and then got A levels, and which is why I'm in education still. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, because it wouldn't have been possible otherwise. Like the, like the. I think I I don't know how much it's worth doing, but like post education is an interesting time, is <laughs> an interesting period of time to discuss, right? Like oh, yeah. that immediate, like, or at least like certainly post secondary school, you know, and then like college for me, I can very quickly talk about, but then like after that is really where because there was a period of time where we where you know I was in college, you weren't, and then. And then there was uni and all of that stuff afterwards up till now. The the, the one thing I will say um, is that like, I, I kind of fell for it again 
when it comes to um i talked about how primary school you know to secondary school there was like this thing in me that felt things are going to be better or things are going to be different and then there's I, i think it's just the way that it's discussed and i think it's the way that it's like it makes me go like, yeah, I, it's going to be different. Like I'm going to like, you know, also feeling deep down, I'm going to be different, you know, like things are going to change uh, for me. I'm going to find myself in some way in this year or, or whatever. Or like this yeah. is going to, this, you know, this is going to be such an upgrade from what we were before that I'm clearly, that clearly this is going to, you know, work and that like, there's going to be, it's, it's just going to be more point, you know, it's going to be more intense in ways, but it's also going to be more like, uh beneficial or that there's going to be so much more yeah. gained out of it um i don't really think that's what happens um and it's very gullible back then but yeah, i was also very still- i was also to an extent very hopeful again not of myself but of the rest of the world <laughs> and optimistic about it and what it, i could gain from it and what i would be able to do in it um i i i i, I in a weird way i I don't know about you, but despite all of the things that we might have ended up with on our record, I don't think either of us are like extraordinarily rebellious individuals. At least certainly not. not. Yeah. Like, and you know, if we had been, I actually wonder if we would have carved out a much better life for ourselves, oddly enough. Like, it's really strange to say that to an extent, but Um, but given everything. I imagine you would have. You would have. I think if you had acted out more, people would have investigated more. I think if I had acted up more, I'd have been in prison. <laughs> like, because I think... Yeah, possibly. Because whenever I, like, wasn't in school, they they threatened to send me to, like, the boxing academy, which is where they send kids who, like, can't be rehabilitated into mainstream education. Like, oh, yeah. So that threat was always looming over my head because of me but you were in school a lot more like your attendance is fairly decent despite the bunkings so i think our lives would have been different if i'd acted out for example um because they, they were looking for something you know yeah but even so, though it's hard to say because the people who were who were rebellious at my school who otherwise did really well who didn't really get support particularly yeah, you know, who got, who got who got the same shit that but got the same shit that you got or or a lot of people get, which is just, you know, oh, you you should be doing really well, but you're not doing very, yeah. you're not like applying yourself or whatever, like you know, which is just code for saying we don't really know why you're not performing as well as we think you should be. Yeah, pretty much, man. <laughs> which is also man. weird. Which is also weird, I think, because it's it's obviously got this very like elitist notion of like you're clearly like we think you're better than someone else who's not doing who who is like doing as well as you but we don't see that we don't see their potential going anywhere where it's like what like why aren't you just trying to support everyone like it's like obviously there's resource management for for like all the people involved and that's the the issue man yeah so you're playing to the margins fucking hell yeah it's tough Uh, (laughs) we've got on we've got on um, editing this episode is going to be hilarious and fun because I, 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 I can feel it that there's a lot of things we spoke about like three, four times over. So I'm like, I have to sit down and like, it says we've been going for an hour. If this podcast is like 40 minutes long, then that's why, you know, it's an, no, it's, it, we've been going for an hour and uh, 20 minutes. Oh Jesus. If this is just under an hour, over an hour long, or under an hour, 
then yeah, I've, I've did a good job. <laughs> Guys, we're going to take two steps yeah. to the rear and get out of here. We're in the wind. See ya. See ya. <laughs>